So hi everyone and welcome to Architecture in the Den. Um, today we're switching around the, the format a little bit as I welcome my guest interviewer, Alessandra Upton. So Alessandra and I, um, well, I've, I've spotted Alessandra um, running or setting up a new podcast. So you can have a little plug of that in a minute. And today we're going to be talking, well, you're going to be grilling me about mentoring and part three or wherever the conversation goes. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to hand over the reins to Alessandra. Hello, thank you very much. Um, yeah, well, I've never been an interviewer before, so this is a bit of a, an alternate thing for me. But thank you very much for having me, Lisa, and for everyone that's here today. Um, and well, we're going to be talking about the roles of mentor and mentee. So I'm a recently qualified architect. Um, I went with Reba Northwest to qualify. And um, I've got some questions because you are, you have been a mentee before. Obviously, you've a mentor as well. You've, you've had seen both sides of it, haven't you? I have. Um, and I think a lot of the part threes, when, when I first started, I was terrified because you don't know how much you're supposed to know mm -hmm. you know it's that it's architecture it's it's one of the oldest professions it's it's a massive wealth of material and you feel like you have to absorb it in nine months sitter exam and then all of a sudden you're out in the world um with this hat on that you might feel like you've earned and or you might feel like you you're an underdog with the whole thing so I think the role of a mentor is really important in guiding you, um, teaching you, filling in all the gaps that books don't do, really, I think, maybe. So what do you look for as a mentee? That's my first overarching question to you. So um, I, well, I've actually just recently subscribed to the RIBA Mentor Mentee um program i don't know did you have that at all was that set up formally when you were a student i'm not sure i hope it wasn't because i don't really i don't remember it very well <laughs> um no but i was thinking how do i access more you know mentors to help me so that would be a really useful thing to have. yeah so the riba does run a mentor program um i know women in property run the mentor program mm. but equally you could just ask anyone mm -hmm. to be your mentor i mean there doesn't mm -hmm. have to be anything formalized um when i when i was training sort of <clears throat> 20 years ago <laughs> no more than that 25 years while, ago. a short time ago well, yeah. a short time ago <laughs> a few decades ago it was only yesterday <laughs> in fact i've only just qualified though no. um <laughs> i had to find my own mentors um, and I literally just had to ask people. So um, when I was a student, it might be, it might have been a student in the year above, like on the architecture course. Um, and then I think when I was an undergrad, I asked a postgrad to, to mentor me, someone who I, you know, we were working on, alongside each other in the studio mm. and I sort of, um, to sort of talk to them and um, establish a really good relationship mm. um, and then when I got into the workplace um, it, it was actually one of my employers that I approached and we just had 
I would say informal chats, they seem very formal at the time. <laughs> um, I think the key uh, for a good mentor-mentee relationship is rapport. So Absolutely. it's about just developing, you know, almost a friendship, making sure you kind of get on with each other so mm -hmm. that you kind of trust each other. Mm -hmm. I think trust is a big part of it. I think no, kind of knowing the person or learning mm -hmm. to know each other because um you're never going to know everything mm. and especially if you're sitting your exam like you're not going to know everything it's more about um knowing how to anticipate and knowing how to react and mm. a lot of that can be in books but you learn vicariously obviously mm. or you, any any sort of media you can learn things vicariously but having a, a person you can have a one-to-one -one with and mm -hmm. say well, what would you do pick either pick their brain or just let them talk and you and you learn through them i think that's really important because this is a social thing mm. part of the architecture business you can have people on their own you know in their in their offices drawing away on the on the board but you still have to speak to people there's other people you know there's the clients there's the structural engineers there's planning like you can't not communicate with people and i think it should be good that you're communicating with other architects as well in that process that's right and and i would say you know when you're going to talk to a mentor you know maybe have a specific outcome in mind so you know why are you going to speak to them is it to help you know in a work capacity or to get work-life balance or to look at your career mm. um or you know is it practical that practical mm. advice um and you know you, you can then start to set your own objectives mm -hmm. so you know go in with you know well you know i want to just work out what i'm going to do in the future or in three years time or five years time mm -hmm. um and and then you kind of not necessarily you, you can direct the conversation more yeah i mean i yeah i found that um with one of my mentors that he was in a lot of ways the antithesis of me mm. and we uh, we got on well which was good but where I lacked um in like technical knowledge he would help me with that and um I found that I could become more rounded speaking to people um who were different to me or had a different approach to architecture or, or business in general it doesn't always have to be an architect who is mm. your mentor um it's anybody who you see as someone you can garner um um information or mm. off really you know or build That's a relationship right. with. and they, they don't necessarily need to be architects mm. um you know they could be sort of business well for me it might be a business person or a fellow franchisor that i go and speak to you know mm. when i'm talking about franchising issues mm -hmm. um when I was younger, I think I used to, my granddad was, was a great mentor. Um, right. he, he was a builder. Um, and so I always used to go to him with my, with my problems. Um, and he, he was very old school and very yeah. scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. And, then, and then I went elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I, imagine that, I imagine that experience of because all my mentors have been male mm. um and they've always been older than me and they've always been um 
they're always a step ahead like I'm there wanting to qualify and they have qualified like they're always several years ahead of where I want to be um but it is interesting how a mentor can shape you without them really because they just want to impart knowledge with you really but they can shape you definitely and how has your mentors shaped you or a lack of them shaped you over time that well that's a that's a bold bold question but yeah (laughs) um oh gosh that's a good question I'm looking off into a, into the distance. So, so, <laughs> so when this translates into a podcast and there's silence, <laughs> it doesn't quite pick up the staring off into a, into the distance. Um, I think I, to to start off with, it might have been about you know when I was doing my undergrad, it might have been about where to go to part to do my part twos you know so which university what do you look out for that sort of practical information yeah 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 um and then further on um so what practices to to apply for Mm. what sort of roles um how to how to get in there Mm. I, i do get i have had some mentees come up to me and say right Hi, Lisa. And within the first five minutes, they're saying, give me all your contacts. <laughs> Can you give me a job? And I'm like, OK, this isn't exactly the way things are supposed to go. I mean, it's confident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite the way. Yeah. Um, but and then that's a bit of a finite relationship. You're like, OK, that's my contact. That's my uh, business contact. It's all used up. And you don't want anything else for me. <laughs> mm. So one of maybe. one of my mentors, um, I would I would just end up asking him questions like any sort of question, like planning or what's this, and um, I would talk and talk and talk, and he would talk and talk and talk. Um, but I just presumed because I I just assumed he was my mentor that he had a font of knowledge and he would always know the answer. But there, you, you know the humans as well they are learning the the idea of being an architect is that you're always learning you don't hit a point where you're I'm at the I'm at the top hello it's not like that anymore there's everyone's around you and it's a pool of, of knowledge that you're dipping your toe into it's not a, a pyramid and you just climb struggle up to the top and then behold everything below um so yeah I think mentors as well learn from that process that relationship and you saw as you articulate things like as I am I'm doing now you you figure it out in your head too and mm. I think that can be it's mm. conversation I think is a really useful thing instead of yeah just- I mean it's interesting because I've also um participated in coaching mm. um so sort of coaching and mentoring um are similar but not the same so you, if you were going to um, a, a life coach or a business coach, you know, mm. they don't have to be architects to help you find those answers. Mm. A lot of coaching is helping you find those answers within yourself. Mm. I like therapy, architectural yeah. therapy. <laughs> so it's about open-ended questions and kind of mm. trying to work out which way the mentee so what would be an go. example of those open, open-ended questions? <laughs> um, I'm really putting you on the spot now. You are. Um, News so, night with Lisa and Alessandra. <laughs> <laughs> so if I was asking you a question, it might be, so if we're turning the tables, you know, 
uh, where you know where would you see yourself in five years time okay so that's quite practical and mm. how can we then make the steps in order to for you to get there Yes. And, then yeah. and it may not be kind of like all architecture related you know it might yeah. be life related mm-hmm. um, so how, how are you wanting to do the work-life balance or yeah. how are you um trying to mitigate the isolation that, that's happening during covid and <laughs> are you getting around all of it all that those sort of big questions yeah so is is that a question to me (laughs) i mean well i was trying to segue delicately into it how has covid19 and the pandemic affected you affected pride road how you how you practice Uh, um well um in march we pivoted online almost immediately um as I, um, we're a franchise business. Mm. So it's not just me running my own business. And if, if I saw, you know, if I was panicking, then, you know, it was only my livelihood, but actually as a franchisor, you're kind of, you feel part responsible for your kind of franchisees. So I very, very quickly had to pivot, mm. uh, change the business model. We were doing all face-to-face meetings so we very quickly had to move on to Zoom. So I think that makes it a bit more efficient, actually. It it does. Yeah. It does. Um, that's one of the things that people might have realised is that yeah. you have to physically be in front of one another in order for something productive to happen. Yeah, I think what what we've learned, kind of going through COVID, is that you can't eliminate site visits and face to face altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, that we've kind of identified key pro. Uh, key points in the project where we have to go and see a client and see a house and you know see how it's situated orientated mm-hmm. you know if there's any um, particular sort of details that you need to pick up the, there was one project that I'd set up um, a, a physical site meeting and then we went into further lockdown so we had to uh-huh had to cancel it do it online and then um kind of run the rest of the project and we and you know we kind of there were some issues that that we didn't quite pick up Mm. um and um so that was the learning curve (laughs) i think yeah i think there is a lot that you can garner from a desktop survey Mm -hmm. um but you do have to you're going to be physically building something so you should physically be there and understand what it feels like yeah yeah I've got I think I've actually got two tomorrow so I've been sat sat at my desk all day today um you know I've done sort of brief initial briefings I've done concept design workshops online uh follow-up meetings but actually it's tomorrow I've got two kind of pre-planning meetings where you know before a project goes into planning I want to go and see the site Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, chances are we've got everything right, but you know, it's it's and it's really interesting. Once, um, so I like to piece together kind of like a picture of the the spatial spatial awareness or the three D dimensionality of a house in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, whilst I'm talking to a client and then looking through Google Earth and Lightmove and them showing me round. And then you go and see it in real life and you have to do it all over again. You completely <laughs> build, reevaluate, don't you? Re, and yeah. rebuild the picture. And it's interesting, like some things seem, some, you can't quite get human scale. 
so you know it's that looking up you know how how are how are parapets perceived when you look up are they mm. low are they tall you know what does the, the the room feel like what does the building yeah. feel like I think that's important the, the, the feel of a place because mm. um, obviously I do do architecture but a lot of my experience is in interior design as well mm. um, and usually with interior design you're dealing with the inner skin mm. um, and a lot of it is is creating a space or a feel of a space so quite often I would be there on site and I'd be in my work boots with my hard hat on and just stood in the room pivoting about getting a full understanding of like striding across it and knowing how people will move through that space and where the light comes in and what are the warm pockets and cold pockets the dark areas or the light areas and mm. how much it's used and all of that cannot be properly communicated even if you did like a panoramic for future reference you've got mm. to put yourself in that situation and then you've you've mentally noted it and I think it's important as well as much as possible for for people to, for part ones part twos to get on site because mm. quite often they'll be drawing in 2d or, or 3d if they're using bim but it's still very conceptual and i think it becomes no pun intended a bit more concrete when you get on site and you can see oh that's what a cistern looks like and how it gets fitted into a wall or this is what a stud partition is and you understand the theory of it a lot better i think it's i think it's important mm -hmm. yeah Okay, so let's get back on track, shall we? <laughs> Moving on. Um, part three candidates. So this will be the 2021 round. Yes. They'll just be starting up. Yep. Buying all of their books. Yeah. Um, they don't need to buy as many as I bought. You only need about <laughs> five. I bought a good 20 books. Um, what would you, what would be your advice? What would be your, your three things for a part three candidate? to keep in mind um i would say um the importance of a study group mm. so sharing knowledge sharing experience discussing um your potential questions um try and work out what experience everyone's got because everyone you know some might have know huge commercial experience some might have you know dmb or you know work in a small practice um, um sort of work out what everyone's strengths are um i would say um make sure your P pdr sheets are completed and yeah. signed and um you know signed not only internally but externally because the PSA, Professional Studies Advisors comments, are absolutely key. You know, they'll they'll they will direct you. So, you know, I I would say you know get them in on a they're quarterly, aren't they? Mm -hmm. On a quarterly basis. Don't don't wait until the end. And I, I I'd also say you know if you're starting out doing your work experience, your part one work experience get into that habit start them early don't leave it to the end of your part ones when you're looking back at everything mm -hmm. because again you know getting that PSA advisor um, on hand they'll guide you and they'll they'll give you a bit of perspective mm -hmm. once you when you're working it with within a company you you can only see their view so you don't know 
um, you know, whether you're, you're being well advised or not. Mm -hmm. So I would say the importance of having that external uh, overview yeah um it from someone outside of the company is really important that's two and i'm going to stop at two <laughs> definitely okay so we're coming towards the end of the session um i had a bunch of questions but we kind of we've kind of approached them all to be honest um the massive pandemic and how everyone can prepare um how to work as a mentor as a mentee you kind of told how not to approach as a mentee how not to approach a mentor don't just try and fleece them and <laughs> run away you, you're building a relationship you want to learn over time mm -hmm. um have you got any questions or that you want to ask me at all yeah so the green architect a little shoot <laughs> um uh, well i'm um... I'm sort of interested in your podcast. So what are you oh, going okay, to be? Yeah. <laughs> so what are you going to be? Um, what's your podcast called and how do we find you? It's called Archetypical, the podcast. How do you spell that? A-R-C-H-E, typical, T-Y-P-I-C-A-L. <laughs> Google it, you'll find it. Um, you can find me on Spotify, on Podbean, on Google Podcasts. Um, slowly slowly seeping into all of the podcast formats um and as well on twitter archetypical uk and the tagline is an affable an affable adventure into architectural appreciation which is quite mm -hmm. a a mouthful what it basically means is that i really like architecture and design and my other half he really likes film and he's a screenwriter and we decided that we'd had so many conversations and having to pause films and talk about it all that we thought maybe other people might want to listen to this. So we made a podcast and the first episode is out. It's an analysis on the original Blade Runner. Ooh. Yes. And it was, it was a bit like a radio four. That was the feedback. It was a bit like a radio <laughs> four conversation, just having to listen to us talk and it was quite extensive. So what we're going to do is shorten it for the next few episodes and we're going to do Disney Pixar's Soul in case you've seen it I don't oh. want to spoil it it's brilliant you should watch it whether okay. you're a Disney fan or not but yeah there's this really interesting um concept on line art and cubism and Bauhaus so we're going to look into that so yeah it's fun that's cool so how often are you going to be putting them out um I'd like to say weekly or fortnightly We'll see how it how it goes. I'm more interested in the content than the the speed of it all coming out. Mm. But we'll be there. We'll pop mm -hmm. up, and when we do, have a listen. I will do. I will and do. You're invited as well. Thank you. Onto mine at some point. <laughs> I'll steal more of your ideas and more of your knowledge. I'd love to. I'd love to. We'll have to try and find a film or something that you're really interested in. Right. So okay. Have a, or a TV series and have a chat about it. Bridgerton on, on Netflix. Been talking about that for a while. Sorry, what what what's that? Bridgerton on Netflix. Ah, oh, right. Okay. No, I've not like watched a, it yet. It's like a nouveau take on. It's Shonda Shonda Rhimes, and she's doing a nouveau take on Georgian, like Jane Austen, but mm -hmm. pastel. It's nice. But you can okay. talk about that if you like. You know, all sorts. <laughs> And I've sort of got a little prompt here saying, can we talk a bit about COVID isolation and how peer mentoring can help? 
Oh, that's a good one. I probably should have done that. <laughs> not doing the best job, am I, as a men? It's a two-hander. It's fun. Yeah. It's a back and forth. How have you coped with... How have I coped? back on you. <laughs> um, oh, it, it threw me for a loop. So um, I got made redundant because of mm. it. I, I just started a new job um, as the the architectural director at a, a, a D&B firm. Mm. A little bit different from the traditional route. And I was just a couple of months in, then all of a sudden I was working from home, I was furloughed, and then I came back for a month and I finished off a couple of projects and then I was gone. So I think uh, it's very unsettling if you don't have any roots. Mm. There's no there's no real job security at all, mm. um, which was scary, but I think that's something that everyone should be prepared for if they're going to be coming going to our profession because the construction industry is always one of the first that's hit in any sort of economic struggle and you kind of have to anticipate like it will be rammed into every part for his head that you've got to anticipate legal battles at some point but you also mm -hmm. have to anticipate um financial struggles or struggles with you know who you're working for and it's always who you know i think that's really important mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i i i've been hit a few times in my career with yeah. um I, I think when i went into study in 1990 uh, we were heading into a recession mm. um and so my dad thought oh architecture is really good you can study for seven years whilst we come out of the recession <laughs> i got the exact same thing it was 2009 i went in they were like you disappear for about a decade come out you'll be rolling in it and i was like that's no. <laughs> not how it works and then um i think in uh, I was looking for my part one in uh, 1993 so, and I had to split it between two and I, it, I think people really struggled at, to, to get any experience then. Mm. <clears throat> when I came out um, it was when I came out qualified there was a boom mm. so uh, 20, oh, 1998, 99 um, so it was apartments, you know, uh, renovations, you know, it was the whole kind of urban splash loft apartments, converting no, gosh, yeah. historic buildings in town, how many apartments can we get in? Um, so I worked for uh, Simpson Huff then, um, and it was a lot of pressure. <laughs> a lot of pressure. Um, and then just over time i kind of moved a few jobs uh and then had children um yeah. that's um, always a hurdle you have to count as a, a, as a woman you have to think it's, at some point in your business you're going to have to have a a little diversion and then drop back in again if, if that's what you choose yeah it's a tricky one uh-huh i could um yeah I, it's a different topic of conversation that one. absolutely but, yeah um uh then hit another recession <laughs> it did yeah so i mean we keep hitting a recession of the century every every two decades don't we, we? Do, we do so when i set up pride road um we're a residential domestic practice franchise um you know we do domestic extensions and it has been boy so i set up in 2010 in the recession um and it was buoyant then and you know sure enough it's you know um been buoyant 
since through the pandemic mm. every you know what you tend to find in domestic um ex residential is that um sort of people um if they can't afford to move then they have to do up the house to make it work for them yeah. and uh, if they can afford to move they want to do work to the house <laughs> they're moving into so there's always work there's always a trickle there's always work, work. But... so i found it i've all i found it buoyant and supportive mm. whilst, whilst working flexibly mm. okay i think we need to wrap up there so yes so uh thank you very much for interviewing me and um I you've been an excellent interviewee lisa i think you've done very well i think it's thank you. really good it's been enlightening thank you very much <laughs> and i look forward to listening to some of your podcasts oh, so what what, what was that podcast again it was archetypical the podcasts you can find us on podbean and google podcasts and spotify and yeah give us a listen if you've okay. got a spare a commute or a bath those two <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's or the walking niche the dog walking the dog walking walk the dog that's a good walking one that is a good Cooking. one yeah that sort of thing <laughs> so thanks everyone for watching and listening to architecture in the den with uh, me lisa rains from pride road um please subscribe um and if you're on youtube um and join us for our next podcast which is going to be with simeon shubatov um on the first of february and hopefully we're going to be rolling these out now every couple of weeks so please keep your eyes peeled for the next ones